G'day everyone, I hope you're having a bloody rip snorter of a day. And I'm just here to inform you guys that this is actually kind of a special episode for Bryce and I. Uh, This is our PAX Australia episode, and yes, PAX Australia isn't being held this year, but PAX Online is happening here in Australia, and we've actually been given a fantastic opportunity by Audio-Technica to be part of their PAX radio program, where they're hosting a bunch of podcasts over there, so I'll go and give a link in the show notes where you can tune into that and hear us live, but I've got to uh, give a bit of an intro or our PAX Radio listeners. Listeners that don't know of the House of Mario, and, you know, we've got to try and entice them a little bit. Go, oh, who's that Drew and Bryce? Are they entertaining boys? Will they entertain me on my podcast journey? Maybe I'm taking a car trip, or maybe I'm just going for a jog. Regardless, let's try and get them. So let's see if I can do this in one take. If I can't, well, bugger. Without further ado. G'day everyone, I'm Drew Agnew from the House of Mario and you're listening to PAX Radio presented by Audio-Technica. We're the South Australian Nintendo-focused podcast, bringing you a rural perspective on the creators, community and content we're passionate about on Nintendo Switch. This week's episode, my co-host Bryce DeWitt and I discuss our PAX Australia memories, my first time playing Banjo-Kazooie and Pokemon Legends Arceus is looking like it's going to take over my life. Did you see Cypher? He has a bloody brand new evolution. Crazy stuff. If you want to pop in each week, give us a follow on podcast services like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So don't be shy. The doors to the House of Mario are always open. All right. What do you think of that, guys? All right. Let's get to the episode, eh? G'day everyone and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 208 are open. This week on the show we're talking about some Pokemon news drops that happened over the week and much more. And joining me, as always, is my good mate, it's Bryce DeWitt. Hello, my friend. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Bryce. Yeah, good, good, good. We're continuing to record on the weekend, yes. which uh, seems to work for us. Yeah, for now. Yes, yes, it does. Yes. Until the situation it always changes. That's just, yeah, that's just how it is, man. Yeah. yeah. We know yeah. this by now. <laughs> yeah. We never have a just like a dedicated, um, I guess live streaming time but that doesn't matter that's whenever we get a chance to catch up that's exactly right yeah yeah yeah. just gotta do it man that's when it is Mm. this is i guess a bit of a special week yes it is it's uh we're a part of uh, it's our pax week pretty much Mm. yes as uh pax is online at the moment so we're doing it uh pax radio pax radio from home that's right so anyone that's listening to us whether you're you're new or you've been listening to us since episode one we appreciate you very much for tuning in Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this. And I thought to start off things, let's talk about our, I guess, favourite PAX memories are part of the Guru Geek Out segment. Yeah, yeah. So, Guru Geek Out is uh, something we do every week. Yeah. Uh, where we just talk about something that uh, has genuinely brought us joy, whether it be during the week or what have you. Yeah. So, this week we'll talk about PAX. Why not? It is PAX week. Let's do it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I really do wish PAX was still in person. There's lots of people we want to catch up with and see and well, mm. 
Think and about it, Bryce. We could have seen the OLED in person. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of th- <laughs> there's a lot of things. You know I mean, we both miss it. I think. You know, we generally attend two conventions a year, and PAX being one of them, and uh, that is the one where we get to see a lot of our podcasting friends and such. Mm. So, unfortunately, uh, that amongst other things, I think is probably probably almost more important to some degree. Mm. Is uh, you know. Meeting all these friends that we have along the way, that is our congregation point is PAX every year. Uh, so not only do we get to check out whatever's coming up, but we also get to see a lot of people that we otherwise wouldn't see. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess just with like my first year at PAX, I just remember how like grand it felt when we first got in there, just like mm. seeing all the console manufacturers, all the, the big publishers, seeing all the people. Because when you come from a little rural town... It's like, Jesus, so many people. You feel a bit a bit angsty, you know? Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Country boy in the big city. There's like a trope for that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm there in my cowboy boots and my uh, big brim hat, but oh. I've got my horses in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. like the song. Yeah. Exactly like the song. Exactly like the song. Yeah. But um, despite that, I mean, we still have those memories. And uh, definitely it... it like I was saying before, it's definitely the friends we made along the way that have definitely made the experience for me. I think like it was, it was crazy turning up to my first packs uh, with that badge and knowing, well, shit, we're here to report. We'd already been, we'd already done it at Avcon. I think it was the same year actually. Uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And Avcon was our first big hit where we sort of went there and um, did a lot of work and stuff like that. And packs was a much bigger deal for us. We were like, Whoa, this is like, you know, everything. Um, that we wanted, but uh, we went and we checked out everything we could and stuff like that. But I know I never really realized because at least for me, it was my first PAX uh, was that there was a lot of communal congregation outside of PAX hours. So we would meet up at a bar or something like that. And we'd all get amongst each other and have a chat and, you know, talk to these people that technically we'd already been talking to for a while, but it was just, you know, I guess in person, uh, something that is definitely a rarity the last couple of years. So I guess my favorite memory, one of my favorite memories at PAX was definitely sitting down at the boathouse, drinking a beer and popping out the switch and having a couple of challenge <laughs> matches of Mario tennis yep. and Mario party. I think that was definitely, uh, definitely one of my favorites, a lot of screaming at the switch. Mm. <laughs> especially since it was like a corner that was just like so like jam-packed yeah and people were like trying to like the balances switch just like on our backpack mm-hmm. <laughs> take it off the joy cons and passing them around and yeah all that yeah. yeah yeah that was a great that was a great time and even just like putting some faces to profile pictures like i i'm not going to say exactly who it is but there was a guy i met um at, at, the, at the night I'm like, you look so much, you look so different to your display picture. And every every now and again too, when I see them, like in my timeline or whatever, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I don't even recognize you now from you, the Now you're going to make picture. everybody we know nervous. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he was, uh, I think it was it's Matthew from Player 2. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Paul James introduced <laughs> us to him and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a nice young man he was. What a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. Do you have um much experience from PAX being like you know wasting money, spending a lot of money on stuff, or have you been pretty 
pretty good as far as spending like th- stuff on merch. I think I, I think I've been pretty good. Like you know, I, the the merchandising is definitely really cool and stuff like that. But uh, you know, in our, in our cases, it is it is very much a case of like let's get in there, let's do some work, and sometimes I forget that it's there. Because <laughs> we're 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 busy making all these connections and playing all these video games and sort of congregating in our thoughts of what we think about them. Uh, the indie development room up there is usually extremely cool. Uh, it's really nice to see like budding indie developer projects. We talk to a lot of people there whenever we go. Mm. Um, and then all in all, I just forget about taking home some swag sometimes. I'm just <laughs> like, I really should take home PAX jumper and then I'll leave like Sunday afternoon and be like, damn it. <laughs> I didn't grab one. Yeah, like I think like one of the first years, you know how they've always got like those like uh, headphone brands and that doing like the uh, getting like the groups of people screaming in front of them trying to get like a yeah. free free pair of whatever. Yeah, I, I attempted that like the first year or so, but after after a while, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna. This is such a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get stuff. I think I was trying to get a HyperX like gaming headset or something. Yeah, just like you know, like they say, meet here at this time. So all right, I, you know, I got there, I did all the thing, and I think I just ended up buying a pair. I'm like, you know what? I'll just I'll buy a pair and I'll <laughs> I can, I'll continue on my day. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. The uh, the only free thing I definitely picked up from PAX <laughs> yeah. was the Final Fantasy fourteen shirt for beating the Eden Challenge. Uh, and that was mainly because I managed to get into line as fast as possible. So I was one of the front in the queue. And then the rest of the weekend, that line was pretty well capped. And it's a lot of time wasted for a very simple very simple thing mm. so i'm sort of like well i don't have the time to line up for this for the rest of the weekend because free stuff is huge so <laughs> i'm like all right free sweet. stuff is huge free stuff is huge <laughs> i'm like all right cool i'm going in there but i know people that went to packs and got like six to eight of those shirts like no joke they Jesus just kept Christ. they kept relining back up to get more shirt and i'm like man that is like a whole day if not more just queuing for that fight just to pick up shirts. I'm like, there's so much at packs. Well, how much does it cost for a ticket? Because you can you can make your money's worth just getting t-shirts. Oh, you, you absolutely. You could. won't have to go back to JJ's ever again. No, you you can't you can't buy them anywhere else, right? Like that's that's yeah. something that uh, you know doesn't exist outside the realms of conventions or what have you. So it was sort of like, well, technically you could. I suppose you could. I I was personally of the of the mindset that I'm like, well, no, I only need the one shirt. Um, I was going to line up and get one for a friend, but the line was just way too long and didn't have enough time. So I was like, okay, well, uh, I'll have to pass on that, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, other than that, uh, most of my PAX experience has always been constantly dipping in and out, uh, seeing what's new, what's hot. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess there's a... Just the experience of like, you know, like you said earlier, like meeting people. I, I had a good night uh, a couple of years ago when we went out. We ended up at McDonald's at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And we saw the uh, the local Melbourne nightlife, what it's like in <laughs> McDonald's at that time in the morning. Yeah, it was interesting. Very scary. Mm-hmm. Very scary. I think yeah. a lot of people on drugs. No yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> no good. Yeah. They had a bit more than my- uh, Oh my God, it was like terrible. Six beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you there that year? Uh, was it the KFC year? Because the KFC year was no, bad. it wasn't the KFC year. Yeah, I think it was the year before. Yep. It was McDonald's. That was the McDonald's year. Mm-hmm. You went to the KFC. 
one with Alex. Yes, that's mm. right. Yeah, 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 that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, same pe- similar people. Yeah, yeah. yeah occupy um, McDonald's and KFC. I would say at that time. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the city. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what the Hungry Jacks crowds like at that time. They're probably like really nice, actually. It's, all, <laughs> it's, it's where like opposite. it's where the, the local night chess players go. <laughs> Peace and quiet. Hungry Jacks, they love it. <laughs> Fancy Chinese restaurant, and it's like, no, Hungry Jacks. Get me that flame grilled whopper. <laughs> We're not sponsored by. Anyway, 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 yeah. All right, Bryce. Let's talk about some video games. You've been playing much on Switch or anything else? Splatoon, actually, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been streaming every week, uh, twice a week. Um, the it's only sort of really come to a culmination now where I have a, a bit of a schedule. So um, I was playing Tales of Arise one night a week and then community nights for whatever remaining for the rest of the week. Um, and the first night was Smash and Splatoon. <clears throat> so we played an hour of Smash uh, and then we moved into Splatoon. We played Splatoon for three to four hours. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like, ah, that was fun. So every every odd opportunity I get at home, I'm just like looking at my Switch. I'm like, I'm going to play Splatoon. I'm going to play Splatoon 2. Right, yeah, and then I'll just like get into like a couple of hours session. I'm like, well, oh, that was fun. I'm like, I, actually, I'm really, really re enjoying it again. So that's uh, that's brilliant. That's definitely sort of what's going on at the moment. Which, by the way, uh, on top of that, I will uh, add that yes, regular streaming roster again, twitch.tv forward slash run plus. Uh, you can go there and join in on the community night, provided when this goes episode, uh, this episode goes up. Tuesday, Smash Direct. We're playing three hours of Smash before Smash Direct starts. We're all going to watch it together. Yep. Yep. So yeah. jump in on it. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Revan Plus. R-E-V-I-N-P-L-U-S. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that live stream, man. Just yeah. like what... It's the end of it's the end of an era, really. It is, it is literally the end of an era. Yeah, for Smash mm. Ultimate. And it's mm. kind of sad in some way, but, you know, it's got to end eventually. Poor Sakurai and... Nintendo can't put resources into it forever. But They've been working pretty damn hard. Yeah. So. And as much as I want it to keep going, I'm I, I'm not necessarily like itching for a certain character either. So no, if yeah. they added another five, I'd be like, yeah, cool. <laughs> but yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's the best use of their resources when I'm like, come on, come on, Sakurai, give us that Kid Icarus game. I got my dream character. Like that, that is it for me. So anything is, anything is just as fine as a surprise. But I think this is going out with a bang, this one. It would have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, your dream character, Bryce. I st- mm-hmm. I started playing that game. I got I got uh, yeah. I got shamed in their Discord. So <laughs> for a long time, you know, Bryce's one of Bryce's childhood games of all time has been Banjo Kazooie on Nintendo sixty four. And uh, you know, growing up I just played my friends sixty four and they didn't have Banjo Kazooie. I'm the only bugger. Were you? Mm-hmm. So Adam didn't Adam and Jordan didn't have it? I'm pretty sure. I only played Adam's Nintendo 64. I don't remember them having it. They must not. I think they no. might have. I think Adam might have borrowed it off Thomas. But yeah, probably. Regardless, anyway. Thomas is the only other one I could think of. Mm. Yeah. So you know, Banjo Kazooie has always always been a game I've been wanting to play. But yes, whatever. And it actually became like I sort of dug I dug in a bit, and it's like you know I'm going to be a bit of a heel here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Banjo Kazooie, what a stupid game. I'm not playing that. And people in our Discord were like, oh. Drew, you got a plat. It's a great rare game, mate. I'm like, no, oh, no, stupid shit. I'm literally the best platformer <laughs> on the console. Mark my words. Uh, yeah, so I went, you know what? Don't worry about it. Especially when this Switch Online for the Nintendo 64 games information came out the other week. I'm like, you know, I don't want to play it letterboxed. 
necessarily. So I went to the Xbox Arcade version. It's part of Game Pass, and I've got the uh, Rare Replay collection mm-hmm. on Xbox One as well. So yeah, I'll play it there. And I uh, just I'm playing through it very sort of slowly, I guess, just 100%ing each world. And I find it very satisfying just sitting down for an hour or so and doing that. I'm not yeah. going to rush. I'm not going to spend like a whole day just dedicated to Banjo. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it, man. It's just like, you know. It's got a nice amount of collectibles per level too. Like yeah. it's it's nothing too brash that you can't. Like I'll, I'll get through the game and I'll 100% it in maybe about eight hours. It's not too bad. Um, and I'll do it most of it from memory, but I've played through it so many times, so it's not too hard. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the amount of time spent per level is actually not too bad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there were like some moments where like in the very first episode – the apes throwing oranges at you, and like you know, I I did that bit pretty easy when you've got to like make them throw it at the ground on the on icons. The switches, yeah, like yeah, that's pretty simple. But <laughs> such a such a dur moment. Um, like the the chimp right next to him is like, oh, I want an orange. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'll get you an orange, man. Don't you worry about that. So I'm like, do I have to get the apes to throw the orange at him? Do I need to like try and catch an orange? Like, what do I need to do? So, <laughs> so no, just jump on the train, get a fucking orange. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it took me like a, maybe a minute too long to figure that out. But, oh, well, I didn't know if I just touched the tree. It'll be like, here's an orange, Banjo. <laughs> you take it over to him. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. just – I'm enjoying it. It's pretty much what I expected. Yeah. yeah. Um, the bit what did surprise me is like I assume each world you can have a different transformation. Yes, yeah, different transformation. Yeah, so in the first like, one yeah. I transformed to a, um, a termite. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because I went into the termite mound. I'm like, do I use – uh, Kazooie's dash to like go up the spiral in the center of this termite mount. I'm like, no, that didn't work. What do I do? Then I just turn into a termite. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's how I get up the termite mount. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. It's like you see termites everywhere in there. Oh, that makes sense. Groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's what's uh, beautiful about it. Not every world has a transformation though. Like the uh, treasure trove. Uh, is it's treasure trove of what you're up to next? Oh, uh, yeah, it's the second world. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, that that world doesn't have one. Uh, but it's quite a large level as well, and there's a lot to do in it. So uh, that is also where you enter cheat codes that level. Cheat codes? Yes. Oh, I get yes. like a fighter jet and hel- helicopter like a <laughs> GDA. Oh, yes, yes, exactly that. No, um, it was. Uh, it's really strange how, how cheat codes were handled in Banjo-Kazooie because you can't actually uh, like just do it from literally any, like a menu or something like that. You actually have to interact with a piece of stage. Uh, you have to enter in a cheat code mm. by ground pounding each individual letter in Treasure Trove Cove. Okay. Yeah, in there a sandcastle. Yes, it's really weird. What type of cheats are they? Uh, so like infinite resources, uh, you can get Big Head Banjo, you can uh, mm. get Wishy Washy Banjo, which just turns you into a washing machine. All right. So obviously I know about like Big Head mode and stuff in um, mm. Goldeneye. Is that something across all Rare games then? Yeah, or- it was just something they did. They call it DK mode. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. DK yeah. mode is what they called it. Yeah, yep. yeah. Donkey Kong mode. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. Yeah. yeah, it's just something that they did. Um, are you thinking about doing Tui after it? Well, that's my next question. Like, I, I'm going to try and 100 this. Just get the achievements. I, yep. I don't know. It's a bit of my OCD. When I see achievements and stuff, I'm like, you know, there's an achievement for getting all the um. The musical notes. I'm like, well, I guess I'm getting all that one is actually busted in my one in my 100 percent run. Oh, is it? What happened? So, word word to the wise, um, there is in when you're in Spiral Mountain, you can point like you can go first person view and look at a painting, and uh, bottles will go. Oh, you want to do your puzzle and have some fun? You do a puzzle. 
don't go do them till you've collected all the notes because there is a glitch that is like persistent from the N64 version where in one particular one of those paintings collected the note being collected in the puzzle because they're animated puzzles. The mm. note being collected in the puzzle will count as being collected in the game, but you won't get it. Oh. So you will go into that level afterwards and those notes are not there. They've been collected by the painting, which doesn't add to your total count and locks you out of the achievement. You have to start again. Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, it's the one trophy I don't have. Well, the one achievement I don't have. Mm. It's the one one. I just haven't gone back and done it. So, yeah, I will play Tui eventually, but I think by the time I play through the first game, I'll be like, oh, I'm good for a while and I'll play yeah. it like in another six to 12 months. I, I, I would say they're a very different different experience. Um, like what what you're getting now, Banjo-Kazooie, is a, a much raw, much more raw experience of uh, point A to point B, whereas Banjo-Tui is sort of going from the perspective of like you do something in this level, but you might not actually be able to achieve something in this level now. So you have to come back to it later. Whereas Banjo, cause it was not like that. So yeah, it, it is, it is much more of a thing. Um, and, uh, are a little bit of technical issues with Banjo too as well, but there's so much content in that game. It's absolutely crazy. Like a, one of the most content filled games on the platform. So, uh, yeah, Definitely get through the first one and save Banjo Tui for another time because you'll be there for a while. Uh, yeah, sounds like it. There's lots in it. Yeah, the problem with um, Rare and getting to the end of N64 is when they got to like DK64 and Banjo Tui, they just started flooding their games with content. So Donkey Kong 64 has so much content, mm. and Banjo Tui have so much content that it takes like, you know, the average player, I guess, you know well over 20 hours to mm. discover discover everything let alone complete it all you know it, yeah it's it's a lot of content yeah whereas banjo is like point a point b you're done yeah yeah seems pretty doable from yeah just from what i've seen so far yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah and banjo 2 is doable if you ignore a lot of it but you know mm. um, it's definitely like even when this port came out on xbox 360 God knows how long ago now. Was it 2010 or something? It was ages ago. Long, long time ago, yeah. Yeah. And like just what they did with the Nintendo 64 game, just like widescreening it, making it HD, putting achievements in it. I'm like, ever since then, this has been over a decade now. I'm like, Nintendo, please do this. And they didn't. And like <laughs> even for like the the All-Star, 3D All-Stars collection, 64 still didn't get it. And the Nintendo 64 games obviously getting re-released in October. They're still not still getting not it. Still not getting it. What, <laughs> what I am interested in, is it, will it be like a Nintendo 64 ROM or will it be this nice widescreened version on Nintendo Switch Online? I think it will just be a Nintendo 64 ROM. Just, yeah, I'm pretty sure it will just be. Just letterboxed. But it'll be gorgeous if this um, Xbox 360 version did come to Switch. Yeah. Cause it, it's like I had, a, had this discussion somewhere else. I think it was like Reddit or something. Um, and it was like, well, uh, I, feel like, I feel like the emulator, judging based on what we've seen in just the Nintendo 64 trailer, is that... Um, it's the emulator is much like a uh, a shell emulator, kind of like RetroArch, and then they just put cores into it. So mm. the emulator itself is mostly like that multiplayer framework, so that they don't have to rebuild that every time. Yeah, and then they just put the core into it, and then that handles the the actual emulation of the game as opposed to like the multiplayer and everything. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, mm. so I I can't imagine them breaking too far from the norm of just actually putting the ROM in. Yeah. Mm. I feel I feel like that'd probably stuff it around maybe a bit too yeah. much. It makes it a bit more complicated too, because 
obviously Nintendo went to Microsoft to get the rights to put include Banjo and yeah. hopefully other rare games. We don't know any about any others at this time. But like it's got the Microsoft symbol in that in that version. And Nintendo might not want that, but I don't know. They might not have a choice since it's not theirs anymore as well. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure either. We'll see what happens when it comes to it. I'm actually very interested. Um, I would almost say that Microsoft probably won't care too much and just allow them to have the sixty, like the original sixty-four version, in there without the changes. Yeah, I'd say. I feel like I feel like it's just too much of a mark, and if they're going to hand over actual property like that, they're going to want money for it. So I think it'd probably just be yeah, just use the Nintendo sixty-four version. Yeah, yeah. There's been sort of like rumors and mumblings that other rare games are going to be included, and. They're all rumours at this point. Yeah. It's all speculation. I don't see why not if Banjo's there, but who knows? DK64 will eventually be there. Um, yeah. And like, I think like Perfect Dark, I think Microsoft will want to sort of entice people to um, be there for the new one that's been yeah. made by the initiative. I didn't think about Perfect Dark at all, actually, now that I think about it. And you're, you're probably right. I think uh, probably when it comes down to it i think most most of them could quite and quite well appear on there but there's just something like for example i'm not sure if conquer would end up on there um as much as people would want it i feel like it probably takes away a little bit from it uh from microsoft's catalog and there was something else something else something else something else on the top of my head i'd like diddy kong racing to show up there yeah that'd be great especially okay. for the online play Mm. absolutely yeah a lot of people hold a lot of great memories for diddy kong racing like, that's the thing is a lot of like mario properties that are that were on the console like mario 64 and um mario kart 64 but like per per example red just did their own versions of them and they were typically more detailed like i don't know well i don't know what it was about them they were just probably a bit better at making video games at the time completely honestly it's called the golden age of rare for a reason um and yeah, they put their own spin on those particular things and they were done in more detail and probably utilized the hardware even a little bit better in some cases. Mm. So it was kind of just, yeah. But yeah, in terms of, oh, that's right, GoldenEye. Although I think a lot of people want GoldenEye to come back, but the James Bond license is so finicky that I don't think it'd ever happen. Yeah, that'd be a nightmare. I don't, it's, it definitely won't be worth Nintendo's effort. No, it <laughs> to won't. Track, track that stuff down, but. If it happens, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of people hold nostalgia for GoldenEye and um, they do want to see it on there. But I think because because of the James Bond IP, not even so much about Microsoft having it, but just like uh, having Rare, I should say, but the James Bond IP itself and trying to reincorporate that, like I feel like that would just be a nightmare getting a movie tie-in game over, yeah, especially when it comes to GoldenEye. Mm. Yeah, because we got we got Buddy Watson in the chat at the moment. He's a massive fan of Goldeneye, so I know he would love to see it in there, but, yeah, it won't happen, unfortunately. I think because mm. uh, Activision had the James Bond license last, I think. God knows where it's whether they still have it or not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see where it is. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. When this, uh, I think the new James Bond movie comes out this month or next month. I'm yeah, not to, not to us for a long time, no. Yeah, is it delayed from us? Yeah, for it's us delayed for America? us. It's silly, it's stupid. Because I was I was trying to Google it because uh, my mum and I we're going to go and watch this together. She's a massive James Bond fan as yeah, well. Yeah, she loves Bond. Yeah, and um, yeah, and we're like, 
when's it coming out? Because it's got like the dates from when it was delayed. It's got the dates for America and Europe. And they're like, all right, when's it coming out in Australia? Just tell yeah, us. Yeah. November. There you go. November. It's not too bad to wait then. Still, it's... It's yeah. a month. I, I still feel like, you know, in this day and age of te- technology, I just mm. feel like that's like heaps far away. Yeah. Uh, it, no, it certainly is because I, I remember you've got as to a dodge kid, spoilers for a whole month. You remember as a kid trying to wait for like a Pokemon game? Oh my god! Just from America, let alone the states. The states took like still an extra four months. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. a bloody slow uh, then, ship, uh, and then on top, <laughs> and then on top of us, yeah. It's, oh my god, Jesus! Hmm. I'm glad we don't live like that these days. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. Wow. So yeah, apart from banjo, I haven't been playing too much. I did uh, buy and. Download the Hot Wheels game, um, Hot Hot Wheels Unleashed. I, I was at work and I just want like, um, you know, games to come home and just like relax to. Whether it's like turn on a racing game, turn on Banjo, collect stuff. Mm. Um, I've got like Life is Strange, the new one that came out as well to get through. But when it comes to stuff like that, I'm like, you know, I've got to like sit down and like pay attention. Not, yeah, that's right. Not yeah. too much with your thumbs and that. Just with like, you know, the story yeah, and the making story. decisions yeah, and that's stuff. That's right, yeah. So I just, I just want like, I just want to play a fucking Hot Wheels or Banjo Kazooie, you know. <laughs> so. The thing is, is like historically, I have, I've always had positive uh, reflections on Hot Wheels games. I think of like the Nintendo sixty four PS one one and uh, Fuel by Metallica playing as the theme song for it. I'm like, I haven't oh, hell yeah, I haven't played that one. Oh, it's no. great. It's just like booting up the game. You're like, oh yeah, it's like, oh cool, it's give me a Hot Wheels game. This would be heaps fun. And it's like, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that, my dad says, ah, boom. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> you're like, yeah, Metallica, whoa. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, God, it was a lot of fun. Is I that lo- your impression um, as a kid? Oh, well, man. Whoa, whoa man, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> your backwards cap. Oh, dude, I, lo- I loved it. I can't, I can't even remember exactly. Hot, Re- Hot Wheels Turbo Racing. It was great, man. It was on PS1 and N64. It was uh, such a good, such a good Hot Wheels game. Can I switch online? <laughs> Come to that. I well, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, I, so I'm, I'm kind of hopeful for this one. I've heard like some half decent things about it, which is nice. Uh, Explosion Network posted on, and I think they gave it a seven point five. Yeah, I believe they did. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so, yeah, it'll be uh, really interesting to see how you uh, feel about that because it might actually in the, might sway my decision in buying it. Not until after Metroid, mm. though. Metroid's going to come first. I did buy it on Xbox, though, mind you. I just wanted, yeah, like, fine. I wanted the nice reflections on the cars and the tracks, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I want to <laughs> play a cool car game on, on, the, uh, on the television, so that's mm. fine. Yeah. That's kind of the place I'm in, actually. I've been thinking about it the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. where I'm just like, you know, I feel like, I don't know about you. Like anyone has like multiple consoles. Sometimes you're just in the mood for each one. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm in the mood for PlayStation, buy my games there, but I'm like, oh, I'm quite enjoying Xbox, buy my games there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, most of the time I'm buying my games on Switch. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And we have all three major platforms. Just, we might as well use them. Just a drifter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Bryce, let's get into the news. We've got some uh, stuff to discuss. Yeah, that we do. That we do. Let's, let's get, get into it. it. Yeah, yeah. Hit that button. Oh, all right. Yeah. Is that all? I fight for my friends. Yahoo! My body is still there. All right, bro. So the first one is a Nintendo denies Bloomberg report on 4K Switch system. So you might remember these rumors from a little while ago when we were thinking the Switch Pro was coming out, but no, it just uh, they just beefed up the screen with some nice, uh, nice pixels. That's right. That 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 they did. Actually, they, they cut didn't. down the bezel and made Simon happy. 
<laughs> All the Apple fans are like, ooh. ooh clean. Look, this switch doesn't even have a notch. Look at that. Oh. Ooh. Wow. So anyway, I'm going to read this from my Nintendo News and we will discuss. So the mm. article reads, Nintendo hit back this morning with a newly released, uh, on the newly re- released Bloomberg article, which said that Nintendo had begun issuing developers a, with a 4K development kits uh, revised Switch model. The company took to its official uh, invest, investor relations account to state that Bloomberg's article was false and that they are not supplying developers with tools to create high-spec games for future Nintendo Switch system. The Bloomberg a report said that 11 development studios had spoken to uh, have been supplied with new tools to create higher uh, uh, specification (laughs) games and the development kits began rolling out in July 2021. So what Nintendo was uh, quoted for saying was, uh, a news report on September 30th, 2021 falsely claims that Nintendo is supplying tools to drive game development for Nintendo Switch with 4K support to ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers. We want to clarify that this report is not true. We also want to reinstate that as we announced in July, we have no plans for any new model other than the Nintendo Switch OLED model, which will launch on October 8th, 2021. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now... Uh- like the thing with that is they kind of have to say that right they've got the OLED model coming out and if they've got something like that you know they're just like that's going to fix sales so like yeah but at the same time like I do believe that they're not working on it I believe that the OLED at one point in time was definitely the new Switch model uh, with potential 4K support like uh, upscaling and stuff like that as well but I think think part in due to like the chips shortage the silicon shortage and stuff like that. I don't think they could have reasonably pulled it off. And they've just bought all these OLED screens. So they're like, well, we still have to do something with them. We can't just do not do anything with them. And they've sort of just gone there. I think that's that, that was sort of what their plan was in hindsight. And they just never come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah, because whether they go 4K with a, another Switch system in a couple of years or they do just reinvent and have a brand new system, mm-hmm. you know, that will go 4K eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Whether it is the next system or not, I don't know. They might just want to continue on with a cheaper portable system as well. So, yeah, I don't know. With Bloomberg, I think, you know, they've kind of like burnt our trust with uh, all these rumors going on. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, so I'm more inclined to believe Nintendo being like, you know what? No, it's not It's not happening. It will, ha- it will be true one day. One day. But yeah. what... Like for people that are like, you know, like, all right, maybe I won't get the OLED model. Maybe there will be a, a greater version next year. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't put too much credence in that. No, nah, I wouldn't either. It's too close to the next console and that was made pretty clear like, you know, some time ago when when it was sort of coming up with the OLED model, we all thought it was the Pro and we're like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll just wait for that, save up for that, just rub your hands together and then we, we all saw it. And I think most of us were like, oh, <laughs> really? And then it was like, okay. But, uh, I mean, that being said, there is actually a fair bit going on, like going on with the OLED. I, I know mm. that a lot of people have had their hands on it this week. Um, it's not it's not the most mind-blowing thing in terms of like additional specs or whatever, you because there pretty much is none. It is just the screen. Um and a lot of people have been looking at it and they'll be like, whoa, taking pictures of it. Like it actually does pop quite well. And you you don't seem to 
realize that when you don't have an OLED screen in your hands. You're mm. kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever. And then you're like, oh, shit, actually, that does make quite a difference. So I think it would be really nice to see stuff like Breath of the Wild and all that stuff on this new screen. But, you know, overall, I think, like, this this definitely is the farewell model to the Switch, I reckon, and we're moving into the next thing, whether that be a Switch 2 or something completely different. Yeah, not for a couple of years, I don't think, but... Well, well, what do you reckon? Do you reckon this is the thing? This is definitely the last mod. This has to be the last model before they throw on the coattails. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it does. Yeah, they're moving into eight K gaming. Man, they're getting a bit. They're getting way too far behind now. They actually have to move up. Um, and now that we've got the Nvidia tech there to upscale, like smart upscale and stuff like that, I feel like that is definitely something that they could do with a Switch type machine. But I think it needs upgrades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think it needs upgrades as well. I would have loved an upgrade for the OLED. Just having like, yeah, just having some games perform better. I would have just loved that. And the fact that you know that didn't happen, pretty disappointed. But uh, I guess it, when it comes down to it, I have the OLED pre-ordered for next week. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit. I think uh, it actually, actually the eighth actually works out pretty well for me. I've got um, Shantan and I. We've got a doctor's appointment for our pregnancy. That day, so I'm like, you know what? That actually works. I've got a good excuse for a day off. <laughs> I got my OLED. Ooh. Yeah, so I'll go and get my OLED and uh, get Metroid downloaded and gonna have a fun time. Hi, Nintendo. You can send me an OLED. Thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah, I'm buying mine. You can send him one. <laughs> send me an OLED, please. Send me one too, so I don't have to buy one. That'd be great. It's not gonna. <laughs> How many new switches have you got around the place? Like, you got rid of your old one. You've got your Mario one over there. I've, I've been rocking the same switch since launch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got like three lights. You <laughs> well, th- th- this is the plan for the for the rest of this year, Bryce. So, start of the year, traded in my 2017 model, my launch model for the Mario Red and Blue edition. Um, I'll be keeping that one. That won't be traded in. I'll pretty much, I'll put that back in the box. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like new. Just get the fingerprints off. Be good. I've got a switch light, uh, which is yellow, standard yellow launch edition mm-hmm. for, for the light. I've got the Pokemon sword and shield edition. <laughs> and then I'll go and purchase the OLED. And then I've also got a pre-order for the Pokemon, uh, brilliant diamond and shining pearl. Switch light as well. Yeah, so basically so, what you're saying is you're going to have five switches in one household. I am. Yeah, yeah send me the OLED, Nintendo, thanks. Send me send me two and Bryce gets none. Just <laughs> just to beef up my numbers. You got a you got a rookie numbers, Bryce, buddy. Oh no, no, no. You got two in your household, mind you. Yes, but one's not the one's not mine. <laughs> one's not mine. All five that you own that you have in your household are yours. No, I've I've got one. Chantel has the other four. <laughs> She loves Switch. She loves games. <laughs> she loves more than you. Why am I doing the podcast with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No. Yeah. I wish she. I wish she played games. I really do wish I could give her one Switch and be like, "Yeah, just play." I try. Yeah, I think I've said this before, but like when Animal Crossing was coming out, everyone's like, "Oh, look, my partner really actually fell in love with Animal Crossing." I'm like, "Oh, awesome!" You know, give her Animal Crossing every every day. She's playing. We can go and visit each other's islands. It's like I show, I show her a trailer. What do you reckon of this game? She's like, "Looks like a." educational preschool game i'm like oh no that's this doesn't convince you at all yeah yeah she she liked one two switch no not one two switch she liked uh 51 worldwide games she enjoyed that that's good we're playing checkers checkers and poker oh yeah true gamer true gamer so gamey (laughs) beautiful game yeah so yeah looking forward to next week we'll have impressions about the oled 
on next week's episode. You'll have to let me fiddle around with yours. No, you're not touching my OLED. I'm not going to have one. (laughs) (laughs) You've got... Hey, it might be the similar situation when um you got a DS light and I was like, oh, no, I don't need a DS light. I got a DS. Even I, I think I was playing Mario Kart DS on yours for a little bit on the couch. All right, that's fun. Cool. Look, look, great little system. It's nice yeah. looking. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no denying it's a better system, but, you know, here it is back, Bryce. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my DS, opened it up, and I'm like, I think I was like, Bryce, you, did you like fuck my DS or something? Did you just... <laughs> Because it was just so dull. I yeah, couldn't, I'm yeah. like, I can't play this anymore. It actually ruined me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so then I, that was like, that was the first system I bought my own money. It was a, uh, it was a DS Lite and it came with a free copy of Pokemon Diamond. Yep, yep, yep. I'm like, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't look at my DS the same way. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm going to have too much of a problem to be honest because I only do menial tasks on my Switch. I don't really play it in handheld for experiences if that makes sense yep yeah so yeah. It, it is kind of just like i'll connect it up to a tv if i really want to mm. you know i i have been in the situation when like you know i'm playing apple arcade games and like a cozy groove and stuff mm-hmm. and i'm like wow this looks really good because i'm yeah. used to playing on my switch so yeah. going to my phone i'm like this has a way better screen <laughs> and uh so i'm like you know having that experience on the switch where i prefer to play i'm like yeah that that'd be better so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm keen I'm keen to see how it looks, but I don't think it's like ultimately going to make me, you know, rush out and buy one. No, I, no. Don't, I don't think I need one right now. Yeah, at that price, and you've just got a PS Five, and <coughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move on, Bryce. So Platinum Games, if you want to play Bayonetta three, simply buy a Switch. Echo Chamber. <laughs> <laughs> they said the same thing about Bayonetta two. Yeah, so we're going to have a laugh about this one, but we'll read this from My Nintendo News. The article reads, We received our first look at Platinum Games' highly anticipated action-packed game Bayonetta last week during the Nintendo Direct presentation. It looks like it'll be another high-octane adventure starring everyone's favourite witch, outspoken Platinum Games producer Hagdiki uh, Kayama. <laughs> Hideki Kamiya. Kamiya. <laughs> I just... I you can't, re- I- can't read today, can you? I can't read any day. Um, has recently uh, commented on the game with uh, multiple fans asking if Bayonetta 3 will be coming to any other platforms. Why do they ask at this point? Um, He says that it's uh, extremely unlikely and if you want to play the game, you simply have to buy a Switch. Quote, Just like with Bayonetta 2, we're developing Bayonetta 3 with funding from Nintendo. We are only involved in development. All decisions about the final product are up to Nintendo. So feel free to send your requests of release the game on other consoles to Nintendo. If Nintendo asks us to port the game to PS5, we might do that. Uh, I guess... Uh, I, sorry, I realised this was still going on. I mean, I guess the likelihood of Bayonetta 2 and 3 coming to PS5 and Xbox isn't impossible. It's Nintendo's decision. But by that logic, it's not possible, uh, impossible that the games like Mario and Zelda could show up on PS5 or whatever. So good luck sending passionate pleas to Nintendo and trying to get that to happen. If I were you, I'd simply buy a Switch. Yep. End quote. Pretty much. That's exactly that's exactly what he said. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Here's the thing is like it, it is it is dead on echo chamber. People were saying the same thing about Bayonetta 2. And Bayonetta 2 turned out to be one of the highest rated Nintendo games in a very, very long time. Uh in fact in history. Certainly on the Wii U, it might even be the highest rated exclusive Nintendo game on Wii U. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, oh, I guess Breath of the Wild technically might be there, but 
I guess we could look it up if we were quick enough, but they are well. They are ex- it, it is extremely popular, and it always has been. So, uh, but that's the thing, right? Is that this is exactly what Hideki said about Bayonetta two and the Wii U. Like at the end of the day, the Wii U wasn't it isn't the best performing console ever. We know this. We know this. It's definitely out there. Uh, but that being said, he is right. Without funding from Nintendo, it would never have happened. Mm. Uh, everybody wanted Bayonetta 2, but nobody was willing to fund it. Nintendo did. And it was the same thing with Bayonetta 3. What baffles me is people are still uh, are still asking about this. They're like, release it on another console. And it's just like, well, if if I, came, if, if I went and bought like a sausage roll yes. and, you, and you were like, and you were like, I will pay you 50 cents for half that sausage roll. You would say no. And they're, they're just going to, they're just going to keep it where you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're just going to keep it where you can indulge in it and eat the whole thing. Right? Oh, of course. Just- you know, you're not going to give it, you know, you're not going to pass it off. You've paid, you've paid full price for it. You're not going to fucking like put it on other things and yeah. like get a meager back for it. I, f- I think the, the biggest thing is just like, you know, Bayonetta one published and funded by Sega uh, that 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 appeared on ports and just like uh, bundled also with Vanquish and other Platinum Games uh, release. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out on Xbox One, PS4, Steam, and all of that. So you know it's obvious that Sega wants to put that where they can, but Nintendo is obviously not interested. Many years later, yeah, yeah, that's right. So I've brought up the Wii U games here just because you know we got ourselves sinking. So Bayonetta is actually the fifth. Uh, top rated on Medicare. But it's but it's it is so close across the board. Oh yeah. So number four is oh sorry, Bayonetta two is at ninety one out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. So then it's Rayman Legends at ninety two. Super Smash Brothers for Wii U also at ninety two. Super Mario three D World just above it at ninety three. And then yeah, Breath of the Wild at ninety six. Yeah, bro which so Breath of the Wild is the only significant jump in score there in the top five. Like if you're talking by top score significant jumps, yes. Um, whereas like, you know, Bayonetta 2 technically is, you know, it's only one score off of being third and it's only two scores off of being second. It's like really close. And considering Bayonetta in its in, in and of itself is like, was like a relatively niche sort of game. Like it was, it had its obvious, uh, I guess, cult status. Mm. But Bayonetta itself is was relatively niche and to get like a 91 that really propelled propelled her pro, uh, propelled her into the spotlight spotlight enough that she ended up in uh, ended up in smash i suppose mm. worthy investment yeah yeah it's a really yeah. good game Damn. yeah and uh just like talking about this that actually reminded me um on xbox they had a a Japanese sale for Tokyo Game Show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I actually, I picked up a few things. I picked up the Metal Gear Solid collection because I'm like, I want to play through these games. Mm-hmm. I was looking at it the other day because that's the only place I can play it on like a modern day console. Yeah. Um, and it was down for 30 bucks, so like seven bucks. I'm like, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, I've got the first Bayonetta on there as well. Beautiful. Which has its um, Xbox Series X enhancements. So play it there. And, but I was thinking like, do I, I've got the Wii U plugged in. I can just like turn it on and play Bayonetta 2 when the time comes. Do I want to do that or I just want to... I, I bought it for Switch. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I want to... Nah. I've got it plugged... I've got the way you plugged in, but even there's a game where I'm like, I want to play that. I own it. I, yeah. still, I still don't want to play it. So no. I, <laughs> I, bought, I bought it for Switch. Bugger it. Uh, yeah. All right. 
Um, so we've got some Pokemon information this week, and it was actually, I was talking to Bryce before the show, I, I went to bed early that night. I think they dropped at about 9.30 or whatever our time at night, and I woke up the next day, and I didn't see it until like about lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Pokemon had dropped trailers, and I'm really disappointed in the YouTube and uh, Twitter algorithm. They never <laughs> fed me this information, but no, Pokemon had some uh, sort of announcements to put out. I'm like, 10 hours ago. It's all right. I had a Metadox alarm clock. I was streaming at the time <laughs> and he's like new Pokemon trailers. I'm like, Oh, let's watch them on stream. So we did that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, let's uh, start off. Let's talk about brilliant diamond shining pearl. What that trailer had to give us. So I'm going to read this from Nintendo life. The article reads the brilliant diamond pearl and shining, uh, brilliant diamond and shining pearls launches for Nintendo switch uh, in November. And we'll see the return of the pokey etch from the original uh, DS originals, in updated form. For those that didn't play the original, the Pokey Etch was a device on the bottom screen of the DS that was basically like a pocket, a Pokemon Pocket Palm Pilot smartwatch. I don't know if that makes it any more obvious. It's, it's like a, it's like a Apple Watch, <laughs> just <laughs> a dodgy Apple Watch. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with a calculator, clock, and various other apps, would help you become the very best, like no one ever was. This Pokey Etch guide uh, will detail have the have the details all new. Jesus all new Christ. and returning apps. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm dying here, bro. Uh, we don't fully know which of these apps are returning or much about the new ones at this stage. Uh, but for now, we'll tell you about the ones that exist in the original game, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think the, the biggest one here, Bryce, was basically an app on the, here will actually give you your hidden moves. Yeah. So you can go through and you... It wasn't that obvious whether you don't, like, you don't need these Pokemon in your party. I think everyone's assuming that the case is that this just works as like a Poke Ride or something from the last couple of generations where you just use Rock Smash, a Pokemon comes, smashes a rock, but you don't actually have to teach Rock Smash to a party member to take up, take up a move. <laughs> hopefully. Because that'll be like a really big step backwards, which really isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. But hopefully that is the case, that it will just um, use your hidden moves unless you progress throughout the game. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say it again, please? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that your phone? Uh, no, that was yours. That must be you. Yeah, yeah. Sound like sound like it was coming over there because we've got the headphones on. What the fuck? Sound like it was coming over there to me. Yeah, well, mate. <laughs> it's all right. So, always, always consult God. <laughs> Siri God. <laughs> That's what I call her on my stream. It's like, let's just ask God for answers. I'm going, hey, Siri. <laughs> Go from there. Hey, Siri, what do you think of Bryce? I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help with? Yeah, absolutely nothing you can help with. All right, so some of the returning apps, there's the digital watch, the pedometer, the list of your Pokemon, the friendship checker, the memo pad. And like, it, I don't know, like it looks a bit clunky because it's just like in the corner of your screen. It's like an OBS overlay in some ways. <laughs> what do you think of that? Where it just like, I think that really bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> it bugs me a little bit too. Um, honestly, like... Uh, my opinion on it, especially at the time, was basically like, do I really have to have that in the corner of my screen? Like, I can understand it maybe if I'm like really paying attention for stuff like, you know, the, uh, like the the step counter and stuff like that, or the stopwatch. I guess it kind of makes sense. But then, like, if it, if it's like, I ho- I hope that you can just transition it into sort of like a sub menu rather than just have it on your screen all the time. It being in the way just kind of annoys me just that little bit too much. Mm. 
You'll be able to turn it on and off and stuff, so it won't be. I hope so because <laughs> too big of a deal. It just bugs. It just bugs me seeing it in the corner of the screen. It's not like a. It's not like a mini map. I think like you know you think of games with like a mini map or something like that, and they kind of like. Yeah, they're there and they're in the corner, but they're sort of somewhat segregated and stylized to make it look like they fit there. Whereas this kind of, this is kind of just like, let's just put it in the corner. Like, let's cut it out with the snipping tool from Windows and put it in the corner. Mm. And that's what it looks like to me. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's not, no, it's not even, no, let's not go there. So, yeah, it's good to see it return though. Like it was full of useful tools. There's no question about that. We've like, you know, it's one of the things that was definitely missed as the series progressioned on uh, with the 2D games, it was very handy. Uh, however, it worked really well for like the DS, obviously. Yeah, that's right. Two screens. It also it also enabled uh, mm-hmm. much easier progression of uh, game breaking bugs too, because you could use the step counter to accurately. Oh, it was great for that. Yeah, to it's like you accurately know, count steps. You, you got like the exact amount of steps you need to break the wall and get to Dark Rise. Like, well, thank you very much, game. Yeah, and how many? me those. Uh, because imagine having to count that yourself. That'd suck. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, apart from that though, like um, it's all it's all handy stuff, but it being in the corner of the screen, I don't know, it just bugs me. I assume you can turn it on and off and stuff. Hopefully. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. An- another sort of feature they showed off was uh, like Amity Square, which, yeah. which was a feature that they had in the original games where you can go in and only very specific Pokemon can follow you. Mm-hmm. But in these games, a Pokemon all the Pokemon can follow you behind you. Yeah. But it shows now that like when you go in there, like all six of your Pokemon follow you around. Yeah. So like, oh, that's really cool. And it, it makes me think like throughout the whole game, could they have all six of your Pokemon following you the whole way? Or would there be like... Uh, it won't be the whole game. No way. No, no, I'm not. I'm, no, definitely not. I think it, it is just Amity Square. But would there be like RAM limitations or something having like that many... <laughs> Pokemon following Fucking you. hope not. <laughs> I, would say, I don't say it's Game Freak limitation more than it would be a real one. Yeah. Well, it's not Game Freak doing this one. Well, so you, you know what? You know, yeah, but you know what I'm saying, right? Is like they've they've always given like some sort of lame excuse for something yeah. like that. I guess uh, you don't need six Pokemon following anyway. But it's just interesting anyway because I saw some people bring up that um, there's a Torchic following you around in this. And uh, Torchic was like one of the uh, Pokemon that you see in Amity Square in the original games. I think it was like one of the only, it was one of those specific Pokemon that could follow you for whatever reason. Because there wasn't, obviously you can't get Torchic in the in the Sinnoh region, uh, at least in the originals. So people were like, oh, can you get a Torchic in this before like the third gym? It's like, yeah, I don't think you can, but it'd be cool if you could. Yeah, it'd be nice. And in, in there you can make your Poffins, which are basically your... Uh, the food you give to your Pokemon to up their beauty and uh, cool stats for contests, which mm-hmm. they got outlined a couple of weeks ago in the Pokemon Presents. If you're into your contests, I never got into contests in Diamond and Pearl. So, you big contest man, are you, bros? No, no. I tried to play them a lot in Emerald, and I had some fun with them, but yeah, past that, not really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's pretty much it, I think, for these trials. The game's looking <laughs> really nice. I got to admit. Uh, it looks okay. I I actually do think I'm going to sort of just leave it for now. I don't think I need it. I don't think it's something I'm like pining for. I, I'm I'm more than happy to just wait for Legends Arceus and just keep playing Sword and Shield, to be honest. Fair enough. It looks better than what it did initially, that's for sure. But I'm just, yeah, right now it doesn't really catch me. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Be good. A heavy, a heavy fine. 
<laughs> and uh, I guess the more notable trailer that came out was uh, for Pokemon Legends Arceus. That is correct. When I, when I around a whole lot of things, but let's talk about the brand new Pokemon that got announced first. So Cleavor, which is an, uh, I guess a regional evolution of uh, Cypher. Cypher. I was about to say Sizzle. Cypher, which is really nice, being a Bug Rock Pokemon. That's right, yeah. So it, now you've got Bug Rock and Bug Steel. Mm. Mm. Good, good. be interesting if there's going to be like just a regional Cypher or Cypher's going to just normal, like normal Cypher's going to evolve into, into this. Yeah. Um, I'm nah. You you would definitely Scyther evolves into that, and it's just a regional variant. It'd have to be. No, it is. Yeah, it says it in the description. It does, does it? Yeah, I believe so. So it has like a, a, a pseudo Pokedex entry there on the website, and it talks about it. I had to think about it there for a second. But uh, the thing with these noble Pokemon is a lot of people pointed out. Um, but obviously you've got you know Basculegion and you've got Weirdeer and stuff like that. <laughs> They obviously, they have to be the other Legion. Uh, the other, what were they called? Shit. Noble Pokemon, that's it. <laughs> They've got to be the other Noble Pokemon. Like, there's no question about it. And what it seems to be is that, you know, at least from my perspective, is every time you beat one, you unlock a new form of traversal. So, like, obviously, you know, you've got Basque Legion, which is swimming. You've got Weird Deer, which is just the ability to get around the world more and probably jumping to that to that regard, I suppose. Uh, Braviary would be the other one. And then you've got um, Cleavor, which would probably give you access to some areas you couldn't reach before. And then there was one more that they went they mentioned was like the Queen or something like that. So it'd be interesting to see where that ties into. Uh, not really sure at this point. Mm. But yeah, so it seems like every time you beat one of these or catch one of these, you get access to like a... It, Probably just a new ability similar to how runes work in Breath of the Wild, I suppose. Yeah. It's interesting too because like the last presents we got, we're like, all right, what are we actually doing in this game? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much like, oh, well, you go out and you catch a worm pool and then you're like, oh, maybe I'll go out and get a bigger worm pool and then a female worm pool, a male worm pool and just like fill out the Pokedex, do like these fetch quests. It's like, well, all right, so what's what are we actually doing? Because... Personally, for me, I'll have a lot of fun in an open-world Pokemon game just doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like right. to be honest, just like exploring on a brave area. But holy shit, there's a there's a big bloody worm pool down there, and you just like, you glide down and you catch it and you take it back and like there's a bloody big worm pool, oh. and everyone's just so impressed with your freaking worm pool that they can't get over himself. But I think for a lot of people, like, oh, I just need a storyline for them out. Um, so we did see in this trailer that you know we are getting, I guess, the the gym leader formula. In the, in the form of Wardens. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be about eight Wardens from what I can tell in this game um, that are a part of the Galaxy team. And uh, I guess they've all got their sort of gym leader-like qualities. You know, they're, they're good luck. Like some of them, like, they look like they're really playing into the ancestor sort of Yeah, like the, one, the kid that looks like Clay and has got his hat. Yeah, it's just like he's still got the same hat. Yeah. <laughs> This hat has been passed down for many generations. Can you imagine like um, in real life where it's just like, oh, look, you can tell that that's Bryce's kid because they're wearing the same hat. <laughs> look at that hat. Yeah. How cool. <laughs> and also like the, 
the uh, the trainer customization really like that. That's been a staple in the Pokemon games for a long time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, has, yeah. Even like uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, they're going pretty much full out with it as well, which looks really nice as as well. We sort of got a we got a hint at this when uh, the game first got announced that there's going to be like some special pre order um, outfit. So like, oh cool, you better dress up. Yeah, but. Um, the only reason we sort of bring this up because Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, the remakes of uh, Ruby and Sapphire, they, they didn't give you any customization at all because I think they wanted you to look like the original characters because those ge- games didn't have any customization. Yeah. So I think they learned their lesson that even if like if you don't want to look like Dwan or Lucas from the original games, you don't have to. You can just like completely change your hairstyle and you look nothing like what these characters did. But yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try. I you know I'm gonna try and stay. Stay looking like Dawn, I reckon. I'm going to choose the female character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keep the blue blue hair type of thing. Yeah. You? Are you are you a character purist? Or are you going to make it red hair and oh, I have give no them idea. like I have no idea makeup and <laughs> look? I'll, I'll, I'll see where I go at this point. I love it. Just like you know, I really wish you had the answer. Be like, no, nah, Drew. I've I've got it planned out. What my character is going to look like <laughs> at Legends Arceus? I'm going to look like the most badass bounty hunter. How the hell am I going to do that when I've like seen what five costumes? Jesus. <laughs> oh Christ. Yeah, I forgot about this feature too, like the, the feature where um gives you like a photo studio where you can mm-hmm. take a picture of your Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to see more of like the encounters there too, like for example with the Electivire, which looked really cool. <laughs> Just very menacing. Uh you've obviously got a little bit of a clip there with Cleavor cutting down a bunch of trees. At first, this is obviously like we have seen this before. We have seen Cleavor before. Um in an image or something somewhere where people had no freaking idea what it was. Uh, it was in a trailer, I think. Could yeah, it was. It, is it in like the first trailer, I think? But it's just like, you yeah, know, it it's was, all, it's it all was glowing cool. yellow, so you can't really you tell. You can't what it tell, is. no. And now it is only until now where you can actually tell exactly what it looks like. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Whenever I think about this game, this game's coming out uh, January 28th next right. year. Yeah, yeah. And like that is like. You know when my baby's due, so I'm I'm imagining that this is going to be a very handheld heavy game for me potentially. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, so thank God it's on Switch. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, thank God. Thank God for that. I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's um, it would have to be my most anticipated game, only because Breath of the Wild. It's like I don't know when the fuck that's coming out. Oh, I can't, <laughs> wait, you know? I can't wait for that game. Jesus Christ! I can't wait for that. game. I want to talk about it. More. <laughs> like if I start, we're never going to stop, and we're already in an hour. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's pretty much all the news, Bryce. We can roll into the red coin um, releases and then we're, we can get out of here so that's we right, can yeah. meet, meet our quota. Meet, meet the quota so the, the PAX radio people don't, uh, Please don't kick us in the teeth. Please don't kick us in the teeth, PAX radio people. Yeah. We love you. Audio Technica, don't, don't hurt our <laughs> teeth. Please. 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 We love you. All right, so let's talk about some of the games that came out on Nintendo Switch eShop this week. Just highlight some of the releases you might be interested in. Number one is Darksiders 3. We got the port, if you wanted that, for 60 bucks Australian. So, mm, mm. good for bid. Good mm. for bid. Um, I know, like, Darksiders 2. It sounds like that's the one everyone really likes. Yeah. I'm not sure what people think about Darksiders 3, honestly. It sort of just come out to radio silence, I guess. Mm. Like, it was there, but nobody really cared enough. No, I did not. No. So, yeah, wait for that on the sale, maybe. That'll go down in price pretty quick. Yeah, should imagine. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Unsighted, and this one caught my attention because it's actually an Xbox Game Pass game, and the screenshots looked pretty cool. So you can get that for 30 bucks on the Switch. 
And the little blurb here reads, um, uh, Amir is an automation that awakens in the world in ruin after the world after the war with humans. Uh, Amir, uh, Amir, the resource that gives automotion science is running out of turning Amir's friends into the mindless killing machines, the unsighted. Okay. <laughs> Alma. Saying Amir. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh. Alma. Alma. <laughs> what, what is Alma? Alma. 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 So yeah, just like a really nice sort of like over the... Just like bird's eye view, nice pixel art. So go and check it out. It's got a demo. It looks cool. Yeah. It does look cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Next up is Hot Wheels Unleashed. You can get it for $70 on the eShop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And collect the best vehicles in Hot Wheels in the Hot Wheels universe, build spectacular tracks, and dive into breathtaking races. So basically, the, the idea of this game is uh, you've got little Hot Wheels tracks set up in this, uh, I think it's a college campus or something. And you race around, and it's like a nice little arcade racer, and everything else is like massive around it. So you're going around like tables and basketballs and whatever's left in the room, a bookshelves, all that type of stuff. A true Hot Wheels experience, quite literally. Yeah. Which is cool. You know what? The thing is, is like, there's nothing else you could do this kind of concept better with than Hot Wheels. Like, there's obviously... uh, games that have done it before like Trackmania and stuff like that that actually do have like really cool in-depth editors but this just brings out the kid in you in its own way mm. I think and that's that's like the selling point right yeah. big, old, big old Hot Wheels tracks connecting within each other and then you're like oh you're in a big room so it looks like you've just created this crazy stupid circuit yeah, yeah. there is a um, a track editor in this game as well <laughs> so I've been keen to see what people actually yeah. pull out and uh, making this yeah that's what I mean yeah Mm. Interesting. And uh, last up is Centipede Recharge. And I don't know, much, don't know much about this game, so I'll learn about it with you guys. It's $13.50 on the eShop. Old school Centipede. Damn. Yeah, okay. Let's look at some screenshots here. Yeah, yeah. it's Centipede. It just looks nice and neon-like. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Trying to go for the like uh, Pac-Man Tournament Edition standpoint. Yeah. Uh, very, championship Edition. That's right. It's very much like that, actually. It does. So, uh, the original Bug Blasting arca- arcade game is back. Centipede Recharged has been reimagined for modern gameplay with vibrant visuals designed for modern screens. A 16 by 9 field of play and an original soundtrack from the award-winning video game composer Mike and McDuffie. So cool. Go and check that out. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. They're our sort of re- recommendations this week. Go and check them out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Bryce, that brings us to the end of the House of Murray episode 208. That certainly does. Anything else you'd like to put in there before we kick everyone out the door? Uh, don't trip on the mat that says welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that would look not very unwelcoming. Yeah, so it'll be, yeah. Not very welcoming. No, you'll uh, you'll hit your head on the no on the concrete and you'll bleed everywhere. And other guests oh. that come in will be like, where's the blood? And we'll be like, don't ask us that question, just come in. Oh, my God. Make us sound like I'm out of house. Maybe we are out of house. Dear Lord boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to The House of Murray, episode 208. And we'd just like to just uh, thank our friends at PAX Radio and Audio Technica for hosting us over there as well. 
Yeah, really absolutely. do appreciate it. Yeah, we uh, we we love going to the booth there every year. So it was unfortunate we didn't get to do it this year. Uh, we get to do it from home this year, but uh, you know, because of that, we've got to sort of make our recording time work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are at night, at like ten o'clock at night, recording. So, but that's okay. Yeah, and it's easy to you know recommend Audio Technica since they they've always been so good to us. Whether we go into packs and that's right, we've always used their gear too. Yeah, when we started doing the podcast, we went and bought their microphones and that's right, their headsets, and it's worked out well for us. Absolutely. So if we sound alright to you, go check them out. Go and check out an Audio Technica microphone. Yeah, you will be pleasantly surprised. And we're not sponsored; we just like them. Mm-hmm. So for us, until next week. The doors to the House of Mario are closed. I'll catch you later. Ciao. You just listened to the House of Mario, a South Australian Nintendo podcast. Be sure to follow the boys on Twitter, leave an Apple Podcasts review, and join the Discord server to be a part of the community. A big thank you to these legends who support the show on Patreon at the producer level. Alex Harding, Sam Hay, and DJ. If you would also like your name in the credits, Head over to patreon.com slash idruby and choose the tier that works for you. Until next time, we hope your day is 120 power star rated.